Hello and welcome to the Scribes of Summer, a new Dodgers podcast from The Athletic. I'm Pedro Mora and over there is... Uh, Andy McCullough. Hello, Pedro. Hey. This is episode two and uh, we want to remind people before we start, please rate our podcast wherever you do that. Subscribe to The Athletic on theathletic.com slash dodgerpod. You get 40% off. It's a good deal. Real good deal as we said last week. Uh, Andy, how's your world? What's going on? Uh, it's been a long week. Uh, I, I don't know if I've ever had more stories in my life fall apart than I've had this week, but that's uh, neither here nor there, and I'm happy to be uh, potting with you, man. Yeah, I'd like to hear, can you just detail every story that fell apart, please? Uh, n- no, uh, I'm going to try and resurrect the, the, the one that like really fell apart, but... Um, uh, you know, just like standard stuff like, hey, I can write about this player. And then it's sort of like, yeah, that player is not in town, uh, you know, type of stuff just happening day after day after day. So it was uh, it was a really good week uh, here in Arizona, and I'm ready to go back to Los Angeles uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sorry. About it's okay. Your, uh, your struggles. It's okay. I'm going to get back there soon. And No uh, one cares. Yeah, I, I care. That's I do, true. I you do care. Okay. We're going to talk about uh, a man who was at Dodgers camp this week. Julio Urias. He's 23 years old. Doesn't he feel older than that to you? He is... Uh, I stand by what I said. Doesn't he? I mean, how long have you been writing about him? I mean, to what, since 2016, I guess? But less I, I not as long him as you. When I, was, I don't know. I interviewed him when I was 23, I feel yeah. like. And I feel so much older than that. <laughs> that was just so funny. He's 23 years old. Wow. Doesn't he feel much older than that? Anyway... Age, man. It's a funny thing. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's gonna be in the rotation. He's gonna open the season in the Dodgers starting rotation. That's that is happening. That is happening. This is a man who's for the made first time ever. Thirteen starts over the last uh three seasons, twenty-eight total, uh, even though he debuted four years ago uh in New York, I, if I recall, you were there. And uh I was. Yeah, he um he's he looks like he's gonna be pretty good. He he pitched pretty well last season, two four nine ERA in uh in eighty innings, seven nine two thirds. What, Andy, do you expect from this man on the mound this season? I really have, uh, I really have no idea. Um, I mean, I have, you know, like a guess, but in terms of... Um, well, that's kind of what I'm asking for. Okay. All right. Well, let's work through it, man. Well, why don't we be precise with our language instead of saying, you know, what's your expectation? You say, what's your guess? Um, wow. No, I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he holds up you know, under, over the physical strain of pitching a full season. I mean, it's something he's never done. It's something that, you know, there were some issues with him as he was moving, you know, up the developmental chain and that, you know, he was kind of, uh, overexposed. And it was the, one of those things where like his ability was so far ahead of his age level that he was constantly kind of like in the wrong league, if that made sense. And uh, he wasn't really able to build up the arm, uh, you know, sort of stamina that was necessary to kind of, uh, you know, be a 30 starts a year type of guy. So he's never really done it. And it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens. Like I said, I mean, he, you know, he's pitched in, you know, 28 games in his entire career. And the the majority of those, you know, 15 of those were in 2016. So um, when he's been on the mound the last couple of years, he's been pretty effective, but he's often been using a relief role. You know, it's going to be interesting to see if he's able to, you know, be more efficient than he had been. Um, you know, his walks had been something of a, you know, slight issue. And I, I think, though, you know, when you're talking about, like, what is what the Dodgers might be missing 
uh, in terms of postseason starter. He's is the type of pitcher, you know, who who has that ability. It's just he hasn't shown it yet. And so it's something to, you know, to monitor. If he's the guy who's taking the ball in like the second or third game in a postseason series, that's probably a sign that something has gone quite right for him this season. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would agree with that. But I, I could also would not be that surprised if he is the third starter. I mean, the expectation mm-hmm. is for me at this point that he is making a playoff start for this team. I think that's the probably the likelihood. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that makes sense. He's just got to pitch well, and it's something that he hasn't done since he was, you know, 19 years old in, you know, 2016. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, the results last year were pretty good. Some of them were in relief. Most of them were in relief. But, you know, if you look at the numbers, you don't know anything about the prospect. You see a guy who's, okay, he was 22 years old through, through 80 innings and, and pitched to a 2-4-9 ERA yeah. with a 9.6 strikeouts per nine and 3.1 walks per nine. You know, that sounds like a pretty yeah. good pitcher yeah. without knowing anything about him, without knowing one hand, anything. So, yeah, yeah, the interesting thing about him, Andy, is that he's lost a bunch of weight, a bunch. And he had gained a lot over the last several seasons. By the end of, uh, by the end of last season, team officials were privately saying that you know, they were a bit concerned. I mean, this is something that scouts had been saying for years. Since he was a young mm-hmm. prospect, you'd, you'd wondered about his body type. They wondered about his body type. And um, it seems like I have, I've heard different numbers. I don't know the precision, so I'm not going to say it. But it, he definitely appears slimmer to the eye. Did he uh, say he did what before. he did? Uh, no, I, not that I've not that I've heard. Um, <laughs> he, uh, my favorite one of those is when uh, is when uh, is when Matt you asked Matt Kemp. I'll never forget this. Uh, you said Matt Kemp was two years ago was in spring training. And he was talking about how he had lost a bunch of weight, and you said, "What did you do?" And he said, "I just ate." Less. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and the pause between eight and less was was just was idyllic because everyone was waiting. You know, there's a bunch of sports writers all waiting to hear this 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 yeah. elixir. Green juice. Just, yeah, yeah. And then he said kombucha, which um, <laughs> in the new 1975 song, Maddie Healy sings kombucha in a way that sounds very similar to it, and it wow. makes me very happy every time. Wow, because it sounds so similar. Yeah. Wow. Uh, my personal favorite one of those is when CC Sabathia was asked how he lost uh, 25 pounds, and he said, "Stop eating full boxes of Captain Crunch." Which, <laughs> you know, who, whom amongst us? Um, hey, with uh, with Arius, I got a question for you. So, like, they have like Gonsolin and May. So, do those guys just go to AAA as starters? I think May has no other option now besides besides being a Triple A starter. There's just because okay. the team is insistent yeah. that he's a starter, right? Uh, and there's just no space in the rotation. I mean, I think before you would go to him, you would go to Stripling, who's perfectly capable as a starter. And right now, it's there's only room for Kershaw, Price, Bueller, Wood, and Urias. So mm-hmm. after that, I don't know. I mean, yeah, May, you know, both of them are pretty young. I mean, May in particular doesn't it does not have a lot of mileage on his arm. There's really it makes you know it makes sense to have him in Triple A to start right. the season. Gonson, I think, is a little bit different. He's a you know he has a lot of relief experience. Mm-hmm. Was a reliever when he started in the minors, which is uncommon. You don't see that many guys become starters after beginning their professional careers as relievers. Right. Uh, and he's older. You know, he can handle the innings. Um, he might make sense as a as a reliever. He really might. He would. Yeah. Um, he he was my pick to break out in the twenty nineteen postseason. Yeah. Let's. You want to take them inside baseball? I love this. <laughs> I read. I mean, you, was that, that was for us, right? You, yes, you posted. That, that uh, I read our. Athletic, um, yeah. I read our national predictions for for breakout star of the postseason, um, <laughs> and then I saw Tony Gonsolin's the day before the Dodgers were going to announce their um, their postseason roster. And I remember I came to you. We were at the at the stadium. I think it was like a workout day yeah. or something. And I said, "Hey, Andy, um, <laughs> I think that I think they might not put Gonsolin on the roster." And you said, "Oh, really?" <laughs> I was like, "That's stupid. They should put him on the roster. Doesn't he strike a lot of dudes out?" 
He had a great, uh, you yeah. know, I'm going I'm to read his numbers. Uh, 40 innings, 293 RA, uh, 8.3 strikeouts in nine, 3.4 walks. Good, good. Yeah, nice little. Feels, feels like a breakout candidate to me. <laughs> Wait, okay, yeah, so hold on. on over him. Yeah. So, okay, so so May goes into uh, Oklahoma City. What becomes of Lil Ferg? Lil Ferg and Scott Alexander. Lil Ferg, I feel like we should clarify who that is. Oh, I don't yeah. know that he has the sort of name brand uh, recognition. <laughs> Caleb Ferguson, another young man. <laughs> another young man who has had some success, was not very good last year. I believe he called himself horseshit on the record to me <laughs> last season, which is great. He's a tremendous quote. Yeah, uh, he he's, called him. He's. Let yeah. me try to find that. It was good. He said, yeah, he was good in his, in his rookie year, uh, 3 yes. four, nine ERA. You know, came up really with it almost. I mean, I think he had made six starts above single A um, right. when the Dodgers called him up. Yeah. It was kind of ridiculous, uh, but had was proved himself to be perfectly capable. Yeah, acquitted last himself not, very well. Yeah, it was up and down last year. Uh, struggled basically every time in the major leagues. Was wild. Right. Uh, but he, you know, he's still really young. I mean, he's he's twenty three. Uh, does not have that much experience. Had had missed his first professional year since since his twenty fourteen draft because of TJ. So he has a very limited professional experience. It would be normal for a pitcher like him to not even have debuted yet. Mm-hmm. So right. it makes it, it makes sense to him, for him to be up and down. It's it seems to me from when I when I've sketched out the roster, it seems like Scott Alexander and him are kind of competing for the same spot and scott alexander disappointed last year too but has a right. better track record was right. you know has two two seasons of pretty successful relief in his past right and it so and ferguson has options and but he's 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 a reliever he's not stretching out they they are saying that he's a reliever right now he wants to be a starter obviously right and uh it seems like at some point they could they could do that again right as of 2018 you know they were thinking and even last year he made a couple starts but it, they were mostly like opener starts yeah, last yeah. season. I think the the thought is that at some point he might still, but he, uh, that's just not a priority. Right. I just don't think it's so many things would have to happen for him to make start serious starts for the Dodgers this season. Right. I guess why I'm asking these things because I'm just wondering if, you know, you've got the five starters who they have, right? And you're just trying to figure out who is going to fill in, you know, because if they'll be very lucky if all five of these guys make 25 starts. Uh, and then even you know even if they're healthy, they're going to try and protect them in various you know incarnations. And so I'm just curious how you see kind of like Ferguson and May and Gonsolin. I would have Stripling making twelve, May right. making ten, Gonsolin making eight, something like that. You and know, and uh, Jimmy Nelson in theory. Uh, yeah, it seems like he might be more of a believer. Yeah, we'll or just a th- don't, just don't. a theory. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Makes sense. I think uh, you know you would expect a few of those guys to make twenty five starts. One of them to get hurt or something like that. Right. I, I, they, they got they have coverage. They have coverage. Yeah, it's good. Good little club. Good little club. There's a lot of talent there, Andy. Yeah, there's a lot of talent. Speaking yeah. of talent, you know who's talented? <laughs> Who, who's that man? Gavin Lux. Gavin Lux. <laughs> I almost did the. I almost quoted the security guard who I quoted in my story about him last year, who said, "Oh man, if he wasn't going to be a big league star, <laughs> he'd be the next movie star." <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. I mean, he's a Love handsome guy. guy. He's a handsome guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gavin Lux, talented young player. Young man. Uh, didn't actually debut that well in September, but also didn't debut that poorly. Hit a playoff home run. Uh, showed he can play second base quite well. Proved he was over the yips for now. Uh, what do you got on him this season? Uh, what are your uh, expectations, or do you not want me to use that? Well, word? I just don't. He's. I don't have expectations. I mean, I, what is your guess for Gavin's I think, production? <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't know um, because he is a guy who you know was kind of under not underwhelming, but he was whelming last year, if that makes sense, right? Like he was, 
He was decent, but he didn't, you know, it wasn't like Corey Seager in 2015, right? Um, So it's unclear, like, what the ceiling might be and how quick he might reach it. Um, But given the way he kind of scorched through the minors, given, you know, the the clear uh, level of comfort he seems to have uh, in the big leagues, like, it wouldn't surprise me if he puts together, not maybe not those exact numbers, but a year, you know, uh, on par with what Seager did as a rookie, I think, because this is, you know, he's considered what one of the five best prospects in the sport. Um, his defense is excellent. You know, he's got a lot of power from the left side. And uh, I think, you know, I mean, you just look at this lineup, like he's going to be batting seventh, probably. Eighth, eighth, probably. Okay. They'll have Will, Will Smith, Smith, I think, would hit ahead of him. Yeah. We sure, we sure Will Smith can hit. Uh, if you look at their seasons last year, who hit better, right? I mean, well, yeah, but what if they dejuice the ball? Yeah, I mean, probably, if you're asking me long-term, what are my expectations for who's a better hitter, <laughs> I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take, Will, uh, I'm going to take, excuse me, Gavin Lux over Will Smith. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I think both of them can hit pretty well. I mean, Will Smith is, uh, is better than, uh, he'd be the, I'm going to go ahead and guess he'd probably be the number one eight hitter in, uh, in the National League. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's the... Although I was talking to Wade Davis about this today, uh, the National League only has three teams that are actively tanking. Did you know that? Well, are the Rockies actively tanking? Because uh, <laughs> whether they're active no. or not or trying to, they're still tanking. They like, might, I don't care. They're sinking, I mean, but they're not tanking. Uh, okay, I mean, they're, but outside they're, they're <laughs> unintentionally tanking. Correct. <laughs> Whatever you want to call Correct. it. Okay, yeah. but outside of them, there's only three. Who fit in in the in the Marlins, Pirates, and uh, and Giants, and every other team is kind of trying. And then there's the Rockies, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's there's a lot of teams that the the absolute upside is is like eighty eight to ninety wins. <laughs> yeah, like so, I mean, the it's, best case scenario. The, it's and that's basically like one of the, the entirety worst for the Dodgers. The entirety of the league outside of the Braves is that right? Yeah, you could argue. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't really looked at the East that much. Is that right. is that that's really the expectation for the Phillies and Nats? I don't know. I, I my without knowing much, it seems like I would I would expect them to be a little bit better than some of the Central teams. Um. Yeah, I just would bet. I don't know. I mean, the Nats won ninety last year. They're I, I would suspect they'll be worse this year. Um. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the Phillies, I, I don't know. I mean, the Phillies have probably a higher ceiling than some of those teams, but they're so volatile. Like, I don't know if they can pitch at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's a good point that they're not the pro, The reason that the league is this bad is not actually because of tanking; it's just because of overall mediocrity. Right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> these teams are trying in their own way. They're just, yeah, they're not just not doing a very good job. Yeah, I mean that's yeah that's the Colorado Rocky story. They <laughs> they've never tanked. They just they just continually stink. Except for 2018 <laughs> and 2017, they won. Uh, they were they were decent those two series seasons. Okay. All right. Anyway, yeah, I think Gavin Lux says your number eight hitter is a good sign for the long term. Uh, pro, uh, prop. What is it? Pro- propositions. That's not the right word. Prospects for the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. Um. The thing that's interesting about Lux is to see, like we were talking about with the pitching, is what they choose to do with him because. Yeah. He's young, as we said, and he is, um, did, you know, wouldn't probably play every day in the major leagues, you know. And so, right. generally, the, the conventional wisdom is if you're not going to play every day, teams don't use. You know, if you're if you're a top prospect who doesn't have a spot to play every day on the team, teams often hold you back. But this is this is the Dodgers who've shown a willingness. You know, they carried Alex Verdugo at the start of last season, even though they didn't have a even a not even a platoon spot for him, and he forced right. his way into playing time because AJ Pollock wasn't. Didn't play to his, to his potential. So Lux last year, in, in his minor league career, he's been significantly better against righties and lefties. That's not to say that he won't eventually be an everyday player, 
But with the way the Dodgers are constructed, you would expect both Kike Hernandez and Chris Taylor to probably be better bets against lefty pitching right now. Right. So, and they don't have any other time. You know, if you're going to roster both of those guys, you, it, it, it reasons that you would want to at least play them. So Lux yeah. is probably going to be a righty-only guy. As a, that, that'd be my expectation. So are they going to carry, you know, the number two prospect in the, in, in the sport and only play, you know, and sit them 35% of the time? Well, Probably. I mean, w- what is the, yeah, I mean, you're the Dodgers, like who gives a shit about service time stuff, right? I mean, they do, but like, they, sh- you know. Well, there's the whole thing for development too. It's not just right. it's that you want, you want to give right. a kid a chance to, I but, mean, you he know, did, you can get him at bats. He yeah. did kind of destroy the minor leagues last year, so. He did. He it's did. unclear. He like, did. Yeah, I mean, it's but one of mostly, those. Like, I mean, he destroyed righties and, and held his own quite well against lefties. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I would say that, you know, you just keep have him up for the whole year. Right? You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that the long term, you know, whatever the like in year five uh, gain that you might be getting from Lux theoretically having, you know, a little bit more seasoning or whatever for development is going to outweigh what he can do right now. Um, you know, just against righties getting 400 at bats, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, I mean, like these are, you know, high class problems as they like to say, um, because this is, this is not an issue that literally any other team in the sport has to deal with. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is interesting. Like where, where are they going to find at bats for Kike and Taylor? That's what I've been wondering and asking. And I, I don't know the answer yet. I think that, um, I wouldn't be, you know, I know it's 18, you know, by the time you hear this, probably 16 days till the regular season, if the regular season starts on time. But um, I don't know where it's going to happen. And so, therefore, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a trade before that. You know, it's yeah. unusual for teams to make a trade from uh, among, from a crop of, uh, you know, established big leaguers, right, at this point in the season. But I could see it happening just because I don't really see where Jock Peters and Kike Hernandez and Chris Taylor and A.J. Pollock all get enough at bats to really stay ready i mean honestly right. regardless right. of whether you know you're talking about players being upset it's just a matter of for the team if you're keeping a guy who's only going to bat 150 times on your roster right it's he's he's going to become worse you know that's what it's, players pretty consistently say you need at least a modicum of at bats to stay right. fresh to stay to, and i don't see how all four of those guys if they're all healthy get those i i just don't i don't think it's really possible what so. if they platoon with mookie <laughs> and bellinger why, why stop with mookie yeah <laughs> Uh, I mean, a Bellinger. No, Bellinger was really good against lefties last year. Never mind. But yeah, I mean, they they did platoon him previously. They, they had yeah. platoon. I mean, oh you know, god! Twenty months be, ago, they were platooning Cody Bellinger. It's yeah. going to be twenty eighteen yeah. all over again. No, I do not expect that. But um, <laughs> but it's I do expect that there's going something has to change in order for everyone to stay. I mean, I guess the right thing to answer here is look. I mean, Peterson's already been hurt this spring. You yeah, know, injuries happen. So it's it, but even so, I think you could you could have two of those guys healthy and you'd still be. You wouldn't be hurting for 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 players, you know. Yeah. Because one of Edwin Rios and Matt Beatty is is going to open the season in minor leagues. They have they have hitters, so I, right. I don't know. I I wouldn't be surprised at all if they make a trade for where, from one of those guys. Where does Beatty play? Uh, Rios and Beatty play the same positions: first, third, and left. Right. Field. So they're corner guys. So yeah. what they get they get days for Turner when turn you know yeah unless Muncy plays there um, <laughs> and you, probably Muncy plays third and then you put one of those guys at first okay. then, yeah it's there's just not a lot of time man they got this they got a lot be, of hitting talent yeah this is gonna be really interesting to see how they like this really is like a you know like a uh, like a like a, I don't know what is it like I've, I want to say like spoils of wealth or wealth of spoils but. Th- Sorry, my brain is not functioning. I've been in Arizona for like eight straight days. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, they got a lot of good hitters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Let's talk about something else, man. Um, let's talk about, tell me about your expectations for the uh, hitter or pitcher who's going to excite you the most in the, in the major leagues this season. Give me one guy. I don't care if he plays for the Dodgers or not, that you're excited to actually watch play baseball this season. Uh, see what he, what he wow. does, at least. Who am I excited to watch play baseball? I mean, I'm going to cop out on this one. But I am genuinely interested to see what the Houston Astros do this year. Um, I think... And probably specifically, if you had to pick one, it's Bregman. If I had to choose one guy, it might be George Springer, who, um, you know, kind of significantly changed the trajectory of his career during the seasons when the team was, you know, found to be doing illegal schemes. And I think... Um, you know, as a player who has always, you know, had his heart on his sleeve with his emotions and has always, um, you know, been one of the faces of this club, but, but not the sort of, you know, like sort of, uh, kind of, you know, the cockiness of Alec Bregman or things like that, you know, kind of one of the more, uh, you know, I, I don't know, someone who I think it was pretty easy to, to root for, for a lot of different reasons. And so I think how a player like that handles, this sort of season is going to be really interesting because it's it's going to be it's going to be a real challenge. You know, it's going to be a pretty nasty environment every ballpark they go into, and so I'm just I'm really curious to see how they answer that challenge. What uh, who would your one guy be, Pedro? My guy is Bo Bichette, man. Do you know who that is? <laughs> yeah, it's Dante's kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's half Bo Brazilian. Bichette. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I got a very specific reason for picking him. I learned last season that I, I re- one thing I love about baseball is when guys swing for the fences, truly. <laughs> and like the Jock Peterson NLDS, or when was that? Uh, yeah, yeah was the that. Hunter Strickland event, yeah. the greatest yeah, event yeah, of the yeah. year. Were you just, yeah, I love watching that. Did you uh-huh. see? So Bo Bichette against the Dodgers, he basically swung that way against, 30 times. Against Kershaw. <laughs> I know he, he yeah. took, him, took Kershaw deep, right? <laughs> Yeah, and it was just a massive swing, <laughs> and uh, he hit uh, he hit eleven homers in uh, less than two hundred abs. I think yeah. he's going to hit a lot of homers. He's a young shortstop. I, I don't know. I'll probably just watch his highlights. But it's people like that, uh, guys who are you know maybe the ball is going to be different. But I like to see people do it go all the way. I like to see pe- pitchers <laughs> exert themselves. It's like I I like to see people like Bueller pitch. Uh, you like a you like a heavy grunter on the mound. Oh yeah. Yes, I like you know I'm gonna miss greatly Rich Hill. Um, I watched oh, yeah. Rich Hill running uh, running the bases a couple times this offseason. I just pulled up the the diff of it. <laughs> <a good time. laughs> it yeah. It's not talked about enough, but the 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 crux of the Blue Jays rebuild is Vlad All the Guerrero's kids, yeah. kid, Dante <laughs> Bichette's kid, Biggio. and kind Craig of Biggio's kid, like. <laughs> I know that, like, it's kind of everyone knows that, but does everyone know that? Because that's like ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's the first time anything like that has happened in my lifetime, where three of these guys who were big players when I was, you know, when I came into baseball fandom, right? Like, that's that was part of the. Those are three yeah. huge names, right? And so it's, it's, it's connecting generations in a way that's never happened in the last, you know, in, the, in for people for fans of our generation. So yeah, it's it's a remarkable thing, absolutely. And a guy who might have been their most productive hitter last year was Yuli Gurriel's brother. He was their most productive hitter last year? Yeah, I think I'm looking Whoa. at Yeah, I mean, he had a, you know, 127 OPS plus. Hey, that's uh, only good. 84 games. I don't know. Huh? Wow. So, yeah, I like to see uh, people swing away. Swing for the fences. <laughs> you know swing, what I mean? Swing for the fences, and that's, that's your guy, Bo. Yeah. Good name, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, man. I'm glad we had a chance to catch up. And uh, I hope the, the we appreciated all the feedback from uh, 
from listeners last week who were excited to see the podcast up and running again. We're both really excited about doing this this year. And so, uh, yeah, hopefully more more good things ahead. Yeah, thank you to all of you who uh, tweeted to Jeff Passon. We appreciated that. That was a <laughs> yeah. nice, um, speaking for myself, over the. I feel like I got like one a day. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Hey, if you want to tweet at Jeff Passon again, you should. Tell him we sent yeah. you. Please do. But tell them something different. Don't just say what you said last time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Say yeah, yeah say make yeah, it a little say different. Say something. Say something. Make, it, make clear that it's not episode one anymore. Right. This is right. Episode put, two. put a little put a little stank on it, as the kids say. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Theathletic.com slash Dodger Pod for forty percent off. We'll be back next week.